sums it all up. Arsenal, the cream of the crop. Welcome to the 29th edition of the Guna Podcast, sponsored by Gunashirts.com and recorded during the summer break. Our panel consists of Guna Stalwarts, the Highby Spy, David Udo and Kevin Witcher. So let's get straight on with our thoughts about the new blue kit for next season. So, Steve, you're a connoisseur of the Arsenal football kit, aren't you? You've I've had every Arsenal. Arsenal kit since time memorial, hanging right. up in my wardrobe. So what do you think of the new one? Well, as a, as a polo shirt... Second strip, sorry. ...which is as it's designed for, I think it's all right. I like, I like it. As a, as, a, as a shirt to wear to games and to wear to the pub, it's brilliant. Yeah. And I think it'll sell more than last year's one, because last year's one wasn't good to wear to the pub. <laughs> you know, or to wear to work or whatever. But this year's one is good for that. Right, but this, where this one, this year's one falls down, is that I, it's just dull as a, as, a, as a football kit. You know, when we were in a night match at Anfield, and you know, the great thing about the current yellow kit, yeah, when Arshavin scored those four goals at Anfield under the floodlights, that yellow kit looked awesome. I mean, I can't see that blue kit lighting anyone's fire, to be honest, from a playing kit perspective. It's just dull, mm. and. You know, everyone says, why do we wear blue? You know, you tell me why we wear blue. It is purely and simply because it's a yellow, a, a leisure colour. David, why do we wear blue? Because it sells lots of shirts in the Far East. Arsenal wear red shirts with white sleeves at home. If we play away against a team that also plays in red, we wear yellow shirts with blue sleeves or all yellow shirts. If you are listening, Mr Gazidis, it's not fucking rocket science. Mm. That, that's it. Uh, uh, by, the, by all means, have a thir- new third kit every season that we'll wheel, wheel out for every European away game. I've got no problem with that. But Arsenal don't wear blue. We mm. win fuck all in blue. We've never won anything in blue. This is a strange thing. I, I was thinking about this the other day, is that we've been having... The yellow, obviously, there was the green in 82-83, um, and then I think we started having different coloured kits in about 92, 93, or was it, it was 93, the, the first kit with Arsenal across yeah. the bum. We what had a that? blue one with red Arsenal across the bum. Was that 93, 93-94? 93-94. Now, we have not won... 94-95, 93-94, we wore an Adidas kit in with the, the Cup, Cup final. Yeah, now we've not won... We've hardly played any cup finals in a, in a different colour, apart from yellow or the red. It's really strange, because mm, like, yeah. all those FA Cup finals, we ended up getting... We could have changed in them. Because mm. I was looking at you know Chelsea with their yellow on Saturday and just thinking, well, to me, that's, that is Chelsea, the yellow mm. second strip. Yeah, mm. I don't know why they talk about this black thing again. Oh, no. The reason they wear black and the reason they've worn dark blue lately as their away kit is, again, because it looks great to mm. wear with a pair of jeans. You know, you, if you wear a bright yellow shirt down the pub on a Thursday night to play darts, <laughs> everyone knows it's a football kit. Yeah. If it's just a nice black one, it goes nice. Yeah. But when you transform that onto a football pitch, it looks dull and horrible. you just got to have, a, have a, a differential between what's good for a football kit, what's good for a leisure shirt. And as David says, if we're going to have a blue kit, have it as a third one. Yeah. You know? But how would you feel if we did go to a cup final and we were running around with blue shirts with blue ribbons on the cup? Wouldn't look right. No. no. Interesting right. enough, I remember seeing some footage of uh, Barcelona's 92 European Cup win. <laughs> and they played in orange shirts, all orange kit. But they changed into their first uh, strip shirts to actually get the trophy. Um, because they, you know, presumably they wanted to lift that thing in their own colours. Yeah. And the ribbons cut all the ribbons. Do you remember? Yeah. I'm sh- I, well, I didn't. I didn't look that closely, but I'd be surprised if they weren't red. That's a great, innovative, fantastic, creative idea, which is totally beyond the realm of anyone at Arsenal. 
because everyone in a position of power at Arsenal is not creative, is not innovative, and has not got the balls to do anything remotely as good as that. If we wore blue at Wembley, we would pick the trophy up in blue. We would pick it up in blue. And it's like you said earlier, Steve, sorry, off, off record, but you said that actually it might be you, David. Sorry, I can't remember. But one of you said, if we're going to have a blue shirt, then it should have yellow trimmings. It should have yellow trimmings. Uh, Steve, said, Steve that, yeah. said that, yeah. It should have yellow trimmings. I mean, if you're going to have a blue shirt, have a yellow stripe down the sleeve. Yeah. Have yellow numbers. Mm -hmm. Have a yellow frame around the badge. Have yellow flyemarks on it or something. Yeah. But I, this one is going to be white, I'll tell you that. It's going to be blue and white. Yeah, and white number on the back. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting probably. actually because it is a pinstripe look. Yeah. And that's in, that's symbolic because now the balance books are more important than what's happening on the pitch sometimes. <laughs> it's a corporate kit. It's, it is indeed. Okay. Oh, there'll be bowler acts. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a club here that's ditched its trademark white sleeves yeah. for two years. Mm. Now, what other major, major brand, particularly a brand that needs the public's money regularly, week in, week out, would ditch its trademark? You know, I think that's a terrible decision. Considering the club that we've always prided ourselves on our history and you know, and, mm. you know what sort of a historical club we are, it's, uh, that seems to have gone out of the window the, uh, the, the moment we, we left Highbury. You look on Arsenal TV, and they, I mean, because the editing is so cheap, they're still showing clips from two years ago. Yeah. So when, you, know, when you look in the, uh, the, the, the in-programme kind of clips and things and the idents, mm. All the players are still wearing white sleeves, and how brilliant does it look? Oh, it makes you long fantastic for it. Yeah, rather this ridiculous thing we wear at the yeah, moment, especially with the gold writing on the back, like the Champions League kit we used to wear with the white sleeves and the gold. Oh, and the yeah, it was, it was classy. So, yeah, the gold, no, fantastic. You know, and you know, not having, well, having realised their mistake, and I'm sure it is a mistake. They're still not changing it this year. No. We've got another se another season yet in a Charlton kit. Yeah, no, no, so it's we all ridiculous. Know <laughs> It's actually the same kit as Ebb's Fleet United have got, but yeah, it has got a Eurostar on the front rather than um, Fly Emirates. No, I mean, I go back to the, uh, while we're on the subject of kits, I go back to the, the commemorative kit to end at Hyper. And um, we all know, don't we, that there's no way that that was the colour that those players were wearing when they first moved into Arsenal. Because, you know, you've seen photos and they've all been doctored since. Yeah. Mm. There's no way, I bet they couldn't even get the mix of that colour <laughs> like, back in those there's days. No, it no, it wasn't. No it wasn't. No Black. Black, they call it... Red current. Red current. Yeah. Well, I quite like it, actually. I think it's a I nice like shirt. It's, uh, you know. I think that was a good idea, in fairness. But, you know... But the Why do you have white sleeves on that? Because well, it wasn't what they were wearing in 1913. It wasn't bloody what they were wearing anyway. They wanted to be innovative this year. Instead of having the Epsweet United kit for two seasons, why didn't they go for maroon as the, on the body of the shirt with white sleeves? And that would have been a mix between the 2006 kit and the traditional old kit. Mm-hmm. And the white sleeves that Chapman introduced in the 30s. We also would have been West Ham from the 60s. Uh, they, they, never wore, sleeves, they never wore yeah. white sleeves. They've always had claret, claret light really? blue sleeves, yeah. Northampton Town then? Northampton Town, maybe. What, what had? Claret with uh, white, sleeves. white sleeves. yeah. But Did they? Hmm. Yeah, but we, we quite often worn the same kit as Northampton Town. Ever? Particularly <laughs> the 2006 season. So to wear it again with white sleeves wouldn't bother me. Oh, no, I really liked it. I thought it was a nice colour. It looked, yeah. looked good. Yeah, yeah I thought I it looked it. very classy Loved in that. Maroon yeah. with white sleeves. Awesome. If you're listening, it, get it on. It looks very... Okay, I'm sure it does look and sound very nice, but if I want nice clothes, personally, I'll go to H&M. Yeah, I'll I know. go to the Gap. You know, if I want an Arsenal football shirt, I want it to be red with white sleeves. And if I want the away shirt, I want it to be yellow. It's, you know, it's not... Yeah, the, problem, the problem with the club is they bring out two kits every season. So there will also be... Um, 
some variation on another away strip because they've got to have two kits to sell. Uh, the yellow kit becomes next season's third kit. Yes, but um, I mean, I, I, maybe my memory's wrong, but they just seem to bring another kit out, maybe for Europe or something mm. like that. They've got to have two kits a year. That's the way I see it. No, they, they th- if you remember, they threw in the the red current and blue horizontal stripe one for one season only, purely to adjust the kit cycle. Really? So we'll have a new third kit and home kit next year. Right. Uh, and then the year after that, the second kit becomes... Sorry, the, oh, you carry, oh, sorry, yeah, you carry I, the I, one I, and play your joker. <laughs> 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 so just to clarify this, there will not be any further new kits announced this That's season. That's my understanding. But there'll be a new think. red next season. Right. So yeah. basically, two kits in a year's time... One kit every other year. Yeah. So what was yeah. the new one? The new one last year was the second kit, or was that the, the third kit. kit? Is that the third the kit? Yellow then? and yeah, home yellow kits kit. came out last year. Ah, see, yep. so so that was two. And be in two. the cycle, there'll be two next season. There'll be two next season. Next Correct. summer, yes. There'll be a new first choice home kit and a new first choice second kit. So what's this then? This, this is a new is first the choice away kit. For one season only. Which is effectively the third. Oh, this is a one season only one. This yeah. is the first choice away kit for one season. For what reason? So that they can so bring out another sense. away kit in a year's time. <laughs> yeah, I know that. But it's so like... In, in it's case like next season... Yeah, so if next season we get drawn against Crystal Palace from 1992, <laughs> yeah. we'll have to wear the yellow kit. Mm. Or Barcelona. Or, yeah, or Barcelona, yeah. Is more likely at this moment, asking a year's time, yeah. I might say different. Yeah. <laughs> the only way I can think is Barcelona we would have to change, wouldn't we? We'd have to wear whatever the third kit was against Barcelona. Yeah. Or Dagenham and Redbridge. <laughs> well, there's always yeah. the FA Cup. So. Or Aldershot. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, I'm, so, I'm, I'm just t- totally confused. I've got absolutely no idea what's going on. <laughs> There's money being made somewhere, that much I can't tell you. Yeah. He's got a twitch, he's got a twitch, he's twitching. Harry's got a switch, his son's a bitch, his son's a bitch, his son's a dirty Tottenham bitch. He's got a switch, he's got a switch, he's twitching. Harry's got a switch. His son's a bitch, his son's a bitch, his son's a dirty tough bitch. Careful, Twitch! <laughs> <laughs> totally at the wrong time. <laughs> and now on to our thoughts about who we'd like to see arrive and depart in the close season. First off, Mr. Udo. Purely because I believe my esteemed colleagues will reel off lists of centre halves, I will <laughs> let them do so at their leisure. Player I've been advocating a signing for the best part of the year is the hardest bastard in European football. Plays for Marseille. You listening to Ar- this? Is me asking. He plays for Marseille. <laughs> Perfect. He's a naturalised Frenchman originally from Albania. See, listen, it's a Venga <laughs> player, a naturalised Frenchman from Albania. Guy called Loric Sainer. Right. Um, the guy uh, sits in front of the back four for Marseille, and he destroys people without getting booked. Something, <laughs> something we believe it or not, we haven't had in the squad since Gilles Grimondi. Um, but with that, he's also an excellent football player. The guy can shoot, it plays with both feet, uh, he's their set piece taker, um, and the guy can pass the ball. But first and foremost, he's a destroyer. He right. will break up play. He's the player we've been missing in that position. He's my, my one ingoing wish. If I can have an outgoing wish as well, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to hire a minibus. <laughs> And I'm going to have had a buy all navigating in the front, make <laughs> sure that bus is going nowhere, and then in the back, Abu Dhabi. Um, 
William Gallas. What about, what about a, a bike and sidecar? A bike and sidecar. <laughs> Just me and a man, me and Adam Bayor on tour. David, take the next junction, we are turning into a loser, I need to go to bed, but I'm seeing it rather than Kibworth. Okay, thank you, Manuel. Steve. Oh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Oh, you <laughs> suggested we I do know, it. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so many. My, my, own, my one wish of the summer wouldn't be in a, a, obviously we need players coming in uh, but my one wish would be that, that someone bumped Abramovich off because <laughs> you know since Abramovich signed for Chelsea our lives have been miserable and if he just decided to call it a day or someone assassinated him or he fell under a train yeah. that would be so good for football per se not just us mm. because he was the one that started off this you know, this one person with money can buy trophies. Everyone is copying that now. And I don't think it's good for football at all that, you know, we've got to join them if we want to beat them. So having said that, yeah. you know, that's my one wish is that Abramovich wasn't at Chelsea next season by the goodbye group. But um, my, my wish for an Arsenal player coming in is Hangeland at Fulham, the centre half. Really? I'm really impressed with him. I think he's a fantastic player, just what we need. Played in the Premiership for two seasons, scores goals, keeps them out. Fulham finished seventh in the table last year, above Spurs, which was fantastic. And he's the rock in their defence. And if right. we could get him, that would be superb. I'd also like David Silver to play on the left, so we could put our Shavin in the middle. What would you do with Nasri? Um, Nasri, would, Nasri would play there or thereabouts and be a squad player. Really? Nothing wrong with having a squad. I mean, look yeah. at Manchester United. They've yeah. got eight players for four positions, yeah. all of whom can come and go as they yeah. please. They've got an abundance of centre backs, though, have they? Yeah. Well, United, mm. their third choice centre half is Johnny Evans, and I'd have, I'd have in a heartbeat. Our Would third, you really? Our third choice centre half is a boat that Man United wouldn't have as their third choice left back. I think Johnny Evans is a great little player. I think I'd go so far as to say Johnny Evans is better than any of the centre halves we currently have at our club. Would you really? Oh, yeah. right, that's interesting. So they were realistic targets, by the way, yeah. as well. I mean, obviously we like to say Kaka and Messi, but they're yeah. not going to Okay. Realistic targets, Hangerland, David Silva. Six months ago, you'd have taken David Wheater. I like David Wheater. Very good player. Now. I'd still take him now. You would t- still take if, him if I, if I pick the paper up tomorrow and said Arsenal signed David Wheater, mm. I would be over the moon. You're not buying potential again? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, how old is he now? 22, 23? Mm. David Wheater's 23. You know, he's a, he's a great player in the wrong team. If we don't get him, or if some other big club doesn't get him, he'll go to Spurs, and then he'll prove how good he is there. Well, probably. If we get Hangler, <laughs> we, we maybe don't need Winter, but let's say, hey, let's have the two of them. Let's have the pair. Okay. Especially if Kolo Tori really is 33. <laughs> Going back to last uh, month's podcast, have we actually announced the fact that there's a possibility, or there's a, a, a rumour that Kolo Tori is actually five years older than... I believe than we covered it. In Okay. Um... So it's just that position then. Well, See, oh, the, the left is midfielder. I've yeah, done. I'm not sure. Do we? Re- I mean, I, I always think Kolasinac could play that role. What you know, left? Could uh, play a defensive midfielder. Hmm. Wenger is so stubborn and so awkward and so set in his ways. He won't try anything like that. No. Well, not if the guy's 33. I mean, you know, <laughs> as you get older, you drop down the pitch. Yeah, you know, it's like we're just found out you're five years older. Get up there. I still, <laughs> I still want to know why, why William Gallas can't play there. Because uh, no, I, I think he'd be make a great, yeah. a great defensive midfield player. I think yeah. I've said that on previous podcasts, haven't I? No, I'm not sure you have. Uh, have I not? I've I'll, always I'll, thought I would have slapped you down to be completely honest, Russ. So no, but I always, always thought he doesn't want to do anything in, in, a, in his own area. 
So if he sits in front of the back four, he can do his wandering and like just generally sort of avoiding anything, or perhaps getting in the way of a few things from time to time. And he loves going forward, and he looks like once he goes over the halfway line, he looks a different player. So as a defensive midfield player, I think he'd be better. I mean, because he would be a great defender, in my, my opinion. He'd be a great defender in a five. Uh, anyone else notice he was the only first-team squad member who didn't do the lap of appreciation last Sunday? Who was that? William Gallas. Was that and, and, and who was the other one? He was the only one. Oh, I, awesome. I noticed he wasn't there. Adebayo was there. Adebayo was there and didn't take his headphones off mm. the entire lap of the pitch. Good God. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a disgrace. I made a, uh, what an absolute fucking disgrace. <laughs> he was pissed around with Fucking his... fuck boss. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't know that. You know, I didn't realise that. Yeah. What, they, they didn't take his headphones off or Gallus yeah. didn't turn up. And I, and I know <laughs> I'm not speaking for all Arsenal fans here, but I can speak for the Arsenal fans that I know. Yep. Whenever we watch a match on TV and the team arrives mm. at the stadium, they've all got their headphones on. Yeah. There's, that is the one thing that's guaranteed to piss everyone off. Yeah, because they just. Yeah. I mean, it, you wouldn't. I mean, it just proves that they're not interested in their job. They what? are in a bubble and yeah. they don't want it pricked by no, such no. ugly things as hearing a comment from some outsider. <laughs> and and and, and to, to walk around the pitch on a lap of appreciation with your headphones on. I mean, I think that's just a, such a. That's a huge Two, be sure two weeks thing. fine. That would hurt. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. what, what happened to the Arsenal Football Club? That used to find you if you if you turned up to the airport for the away game with your tie undone. Bring back George Graham. Yeah, George Graham. Straight, you know, keep your keep the passports locked up in a safe. Yeah. So to finalise, if as far as I'm concerned, no, 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 no. If we're going to sign a defensive midfielder, Gareth Barry. Gareth Barry. He's the one for me. Okay, so Gareth Barry, Silver, and Hangerland and and all and all Yeah. Okay, David, your defender. Uh, Jody Mescott. Jody, I thought I knew you were going to say that. You think he's the He's uh, the real deal. I think he's better than David Wheater, who who makes Abu Dhabi look positionally disciplined. So great, we get another defender that can't defend against Didier Drogba. <laughs> no, in fairness, I don't think Leicester's had a great year, but he's had a lot of niggling injuries, and the unfortunate nature of Everton's squad is, unless that niggling injury is death, you will play. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's. I think he's great. At the same time, I think there is a dearth of of top quality centre halves available. I mean, the name on. On the paper's lips at the moment is Thomas Vermeilen, the Belgian captain, who plays next to Vincent Kompany um, for, for the national team. Um, I've never knowingly seen the guy play, but by all accounts, he's, uh, he's excellent. I mean, he's 23 years old. Is he old enough you know, to, be, to lead our defence? This, this is what we need. We need a leader. I mean, we're never going to get another, another Tony Adams or Frank McClintock. There's nothing to say we can't get a Martin Keown. Um, just, you know, a hard bastard who, you know, isn't going to be bullied, bullied by, by Didier Drogba. I mean, the other name is um, uh, Chiellini from Juventus, who... Um, Many times. Yeah, a, a big brick shithouse centre-forward who can move on the ground. That's, that's all I want. Centre-back. Centre-back. Sorry, centre-back. Yeah, sorry, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got Nicholas Bentner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just think if we sign that Chiellini guy, or the Vermeilen from, from Belgium, my, my ex, they're going to take a season to settle down. They've mm. never played in the Premiership before. I think what we need now is... It took Arsh, what, 25 minutes to set the English league? It did. That was strange, wasn't it? It did. That's the exception. He is the exception, yeah. And I know Wheater played in a relegation team, but he knows his opponents. Hmm. So you do have a a wealth of players now that, you know, I don't need to go into this subject, but, you know, that that actually do come along, settle in immediately and then go off the boil. Like... Carney, Arshadin, Reyes, you know, so, you know, it does, sometimes it works out, I remember when Tottenham, who are the two players that Tottenham signed back in the... Last summer? No, no, I'm going back ten years, um, the, the Romanian guys. Oh, yeah, Dumitrescu. Dumitrescu and... Klinsman? No, no, there was another, there was another one, wasn't there? 
Because they, they, they had five like up front. Pape- didn't they? Or, pa- oh, Papescu. Papescu. Yeah, yeah. And they were great. A few years out. Uh, yeah, but they, got, they were great for like, what, two months? Yeah. And then people found them out. And I, th- I always yeah. say that about Carnu. And I've got a nasty. Oh, no, I, sh- I know I shouldn't say it, but I, I still think that Arshavin might be found out a little bit. I don't think it's a fighting act with Arshavin. I think if. Because, well, he, he signed up for Arsenal. Sorry, sorry to get this. He signed up for Arsenal on a 40% tax bracket <laughs> since then. No, seriously, he's, he's very much a mm. high rate taxpayer. He's giving another 10% of his money to the, to the state, and he's really not happy about it. Because he's a very financially savvy guy. No, you know yeah. I mean? Wenger's a bit upset about that. He went to school and he can write and add up and everything. Um, and he said, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not happy. I'm paying more money to the state than I wanted to. So I want my, my contract renegotiated to take this into account, which from a certain point of view, I can kind of understand as a, someone who is nowhere near the higher rate of tax myself. Yeah, but, no, um, he said that he, it's not a problem. It's just something he wants to deal with. Isn't it? I like that. It's not a problem. No. It's not a problem if you get it sorted out. It's not a problem. If you don't get it sorted it's out. It's not a problem, but I'm not going to be there if it isn't sorted out by the beginning of next season. But it's, it's, it's not just that. If, if he doesn't get played in the role he wants to, he's thinking, you know, I'm, I'm 28 years old. I haven't got enough time to sit out on the left wing um, <laughs> because Wenger wants to see if Abu Dhabi can locate his own arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and Try again, Abu. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, Arshavin is a superstar. I mean, Wenger has got to prove, and the club have got to prove they can have a superstar. United can do it. Liverpool can do it. Chelsea can do it. Mm. If we want to live in that company, and that's the company we have to aspire to, we've got to keep Arshavin happy. We've got to play in his best position because all good managers would do that. It's odd. He'll go, go, he went out of his way, Wenger, last year to make Emmanuel uh, Adebayo happy. Why not afford it to a player who potentially can change the face of this club? Yeah. Mm. Sorry, I'm just dwelling on how bad Abu Dhabi is. Have another go, Abu. No, that's your elbow. Good guesser. <laughs> Kevin. Oh. Yes, well, I'm going to just plunder Spain, as this is a bit of a fantasy thing. And um, I'm going to start off at Real Madrid Jeez. for our centre-back. Going for a Portuguese international, I affectionately now call the animal. Oh, uh, this is my favourite centre half. I love this guy. Pepe is the name. I think we've all seen him in uh, action for Portugal and Real Madrid. That'd be yeah. brilliant. But have we seen the YouTube video of him kicking the guy he took offence to? Oh, this is the. Uh, we no, need a bit of that in our team. Centre forward Dane to dive <laughs> over his leg in the penalty yeah. area. The referee, before the referee did anything, stamps on the guy's yeah, head. No. You want to dive? I'll show you what you fucking dive for. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna lay there and be injured, I'll give you something to be injured for. I don't know. If he's a defensive organiser, I suspect that Cannavaro probably does a bit more of that. <laughs> but what the hell, the guy doesn't lack an attitude, and that's something that our defenders seem to lack lately. I could just imagine him having a go at Colo Tori when he does one of his disappearing acts. Oh, ooh, where, where I go? Ooh. <laughs> you come back here, wallop. <laughs> you do that again, you get the same. <laughs> Uh, however, if people think uh, we might be short of defensive cover, my central midfield player. To partner Sesk has actually already played for Arsenal. You you may not remember that appearance against Barnet, but some of us do, and some of us still weep at the idea that we let the boy go. He is Carlo's brother. He is the solution to the midfield problem, and he can play at centre back against Manchester United. What the fuck? It is. And he's class. Yaya Torre. Uh, how old is he? Uh, Forty-seven. <laughs> what the hell? He looks young. <laughs> Light on his feet in uh, Rome. So, are those your, your two 
Yeah, I'll take those. You just take two, would you? You think there's two, we're two players away from winning the title? Uh, Ooh, different question. Well, now. if you want me to, uh, <laughs> if you want question. me to give you a title, I'll give you a centre forward who can score thirty goals a season, and that man is David Villa right. of Valencia. Is that realistic? No. <laughs> well, but well, like, it's a realistic one. Valencia, Valencia. <laughs> oh, we're not going to win the league next year. <laughs> Valencia, 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 that's it, mate. Valencia are close to bankruptcy. However, Villa said that he wants to stay in Spain, and I'm sure that Barcelona, or well, Real Madrid, will certainly find space in their squad for him. However, that does mean that Klaus Jan Huntelaar becomes surplus to requirements mm. for Real Madrid. He's notoriously failed to settle in Spain. Um, they didn't pay that much for him because players from Holland mm. don't cost that much. Uh, at this juncture, I'll uh, point out that they pay. Um, Real Madrid paid 18 million euros combined for Wesley Schneider and Raphael van der Vaart. Um, that's um, pretty much what Emmanuel Adebayor picked up from us in the last 12 months in terms of his salary and signing on fee. Um, yeah, I, I, so I, I've forgotten my point. In time. Yeah, so Huntelaar, Huntelaar. I think, Huntelaar, mm. I think, wouldn't be available. For oh, that's not available. It's more realistic, is what David is trying to say. Yep. So, Via goes, Via goes to Real Madrid, and we get Huntelaar. Yep. And Chelsea will replace all the superstars. Chelsea will replace Adebayor, who are driven to the airport. Who are Chelsea going to get then? They're going to get the lot. Everyone. Everyone <laughs> Beckenbauer, 74. Yeah. LA, yeah. 58. They're going to get Vila, the guy from Zenit St. Petersburg, who are shadowing rates quite a lot. Pr- they could get Ribéry, they could get I Kankar. think they'll get Ribéry. I thought they were trying to do it... Um, you they know, want to operate without, as a business by yeah. 2009, didn't that's, they? That's gone out the window now. Well, they didn't, they didn't win fuck all by doing that, so... Either way, if the Brunswick is still around this summer, they will get big players. To finish this part of the show on a little bit of a high note, who do you reckon Man City will get? Colo Colo Or William Gallas. Or William, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, it w- it, I would not be surprised at all um, if they got Emmanuel Adebayo. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah. It no. wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, the, the players that were going to go to City are the ones that will be most financially motivated mm. rather than ambitious. And I think the limit of Adebayo's ambition uh, as a footballer was exposed in the first leg of the semi-final and indeed the FA Cup semi-final. The man, the man isn't interested in trophies. So, you know, his motivation is money and he will get plenty of it at Manchester City. Good. Well, good riddance. Mm. Fucking. Yeah. There was an Arsenal before, there'll be an Arsenal afterwards. That's all for this edition. Just to remind you that our email address is gunapodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Regarding the printed version of the Guna, a new edition will be out for the Emirates Cup weekend and include the results of our end-of-season survey. It can also be bought online through the Guna Shop section of onlineguna.com. Thanks once again to our sponsors, Goonashirts.com. We're back soon, reminiscing in a special tidy-in with Arsenal.com's Greatest Gunners Goal Poll. I'm your host, Lord Ashburton. Thanks for listening.